will you just stay right there for a moment stay right there for a moment nobody like you nobody like you nobody nowhere we can search all over we'll find nobody like you Oh, 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 nobody like you, Jesus. There's nobody nowhere, nobody nowhere, nobody nowhere. Nobody like you, Why we worship you because there's nobody nobody nowhere come on lift your hands and just declare there's no one like our God there's no one like our God there's no one like you Jesus come on in adoration just begin to worship because there's nobody nowhere nobody we can't find anybody like you, yeah, there's nobody like our Savior, Jesus, Abadoka, let me under nobody like you, Jesus, hey, come on, come on, church, worship the King, worship the King, worship the King. Worship the King, we worship the King, Adaba. Worship the King, we worship. Is it not written? They that wait upon me, they that wait upon me, they that wait upon me, shall renew the strength. Your worship is important to me, says the Lord. Your worship is a time for me to pour myself into you. Do not be in a hurry. Do not be in a rush. But wait. Sit in my presence. Stay in my presence. For I want to love on you, says the Spirit of the Lord. I want to take the hurt, the pain, the sorrow. I want to take the sickness and the rejection. I want to take it all from you if you would just wait. As you bask in my presence, I'm touching you even now. As you sit in my presence, I'm healing you even now. For the price was paid 
the gift of my presence is free. Will you wait? Will you wait? Will you stay with me, says the Lord? Will you stay in my presence and allow me to touch you? For they that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed, says the Spirit of the Lord. event, only one will be crowned the gold medalist. But I want to tell you tonight, everyone here, everyone watching live stream is a gold medalist. We are all winners in God's eyes. We are all winners in God's eyes. As we pray for the lost tonight, let's claim them into the kingdom. They're not going to come in last. They're going to walk in with the gold around their neck just like we are. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this time together. We can come and bask in your presence corporately. Whether here in the sanctuary or watching by live stream. We thank you for your presence, so sweet. Father, tonight we lift the lost to you. We thank you for their salvation. Some will write many off, some will say there's no chance. Oh, but as long as they have breath, there's a chance. We thank you, you never give up on us. You never stop believing in us. Father, we're going to pray for the neighbors and co-workers, those we haven't met yet. Father, give us a new boldness, a new desire every chance we get to share your word. We're going to plant a seed and allow you to water it. Father, again tonight, we thank you for Bishop. She's continuing to recover. Thank you for strength. 
for healing. Thank you for his leadership, Dr. Cheryl, for their love, their compassion. The shepherds of this house, shepherds of the network of the EACM, bless them, Lord. Bless them abundantly. We lift the EACM, the network, the ministries, the chaplains, ministries inside the four walls of the house. We thank you. We count a privilege to be doing your work and we ask you, God, to give us the strength needed, the wisdom needed, the abilities needed. Thank you for, for providing everything that we need to go forth doing and what you've called us to do. Once again, we bring Apostle Sister C, Dr. Sister Garner before you, and thank you, Lord the years they've poured out. Once again, we ask you to strengthen their body, strengthen their minds. Have your way in the remainder of the service tonight, Lord. Fresh touch and anointing from Dr. Cheryl. She brings the word. Let our ears be opened, our spirits ready to receive. Father, as we prepare later to take a communion, I ask Holy Spirit, there'll be a change in our life. We thank you for Calvary. We praise you tonight. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Woo! Awesome. Amen. How many of you know every praise belongs to Him? Even when you get a good idea, it's not you. Amen. It's Him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, we had a glorious time this morning. Woo! Amen. And I want to look tonight. And I know my Redeemer lives. How many of you know he lives? Amen. Job knew his Redeemer lives. You know, Job was in the same situation kind of we are. Jesus, for him, Jesus had not yet come. But for us, he's already come and gone and coming back. So Job had to know, he had to be sure, right? Say, I am sure my Redeemer lives. Look with me tonight at Job 19, verse 25. Father, we know that we know that we know that we know our Redeemer lives because we know Jesus. And Father, this word tonight, I just ask that you would write it on our hearts and on our minds. And you would bring it back when we need it most. When we're going through, when we're going through stuff and trials and difficult times, God, we must be sure. So, Lord, I just pray that this would get written right into our hearts tonight. 
Father, I bless every person in this building tonight. I bless every person on Facebook and on live stream. Father, I thank you for our family and that we love and we accept and we forgive because we're your kids. You know, if you do not know Jesus like that, if you are sitting in the building tonight or if you are on line and you are watching and part of what we're talking about and doing tonight, I want to give you that opportunity to even recommit your life. Well, Dr. Cheryl, I, you know, I, know, I know what it is to be saved. See, you won't find the word saved in the Bible. There's no salvation prayer in the Word. But how many of you know that you know that you know that you and Him are tight and you will see Him? That's what's important. It's not about what church you go to. It's not about who you hang around with. How many of you find sometimes Jesus don't rub off on everybody? But it's about who you know. And I want to just pray tonight that we can just recommit, give our hearts to him like never before. Maybe you've had a rough week. Maybe you've just kind of missed it at times. But this is a time to just say, Lord, I'm yours. Pray with me tonight. Say, Jesus. I recommit my heart, my life, my breath to you tonight. Everything I am, everything I have, it's yours. Do with me what you want. I need you in my life. Thank you for the blood that cleanses, that redeems me. Thank you for saving me from an eternal hell. If you didn't do it, Jesus, for anybody else, you did it for me. Thank you. I love you, Jesus. Come in. Be Lord. Adonai. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Woo! got saved tonight hallelujah it's awesome we were having lunch today and as I was paying our bill the young gentleman that served us I said to him do you know Jesus Christ and he just looked at me and I said that's right that's the most important thing in your whole life he said, yes, I know him, but I haven't been going to church. I said, that's okay. He is not only in a church. I said, he's in you. You're the church. I said, is he living big in there? He says, he will now. I said, yes, he will. 
How many of you know sometimes people just need that extra oomph to be reminded to just move on? And the other little waitress that recognized me because used to go in there a lot more, but she says, oh, if you don't know him, you will when she's done. I said, he knows him. He just needed a little reminder. Because we have to know our Redeemer lives. We have to know it. Now, look at Job 19.25. For I know. See, I know. I know. I know. My Redeemer lives. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Wow. Wow. He's going to be standing on that mountain, Jerusalem. I want to be there. I said, Lord, let me go take a tour right about that time. I mean, how awesome would that trip be? You think you're just going to the Holy Land and you look up from your hotel and here he is. Woo! I'd say, wait, Jesus, I'm coming, and run down that elevator. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. You know, sometimes, saints, we just got to know that we know that we know. You know, I was saying this morning, sometimes we just got to be sure. We got to be sure of what we know. And I used the example this morning. I said, how many of you... Go and lock your doors at night in your home. I do. I only got two. But I make sure. Door walls locked, secure. But if I do that at like 8.30, and if I don't go to bed till around midnight, guess what I do? I go back and just take a peek, make sure. How many of you do that? Sure. Because we got to be sure. Now, if we got to be sure about stuff in our everyday lives, how much surer do we got to be about our walk with God? Job was sure. He says, I know my Redeemer lives. Now, the thing that I want you to see tonight is Job was sure in the midst of losing his family, losing his fortune, losing his health. I mean, how many of you would agree Job got hit pretty hard? <laughs> and in the midst of all of that, Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. I know it. Because that's Job 19. Job chapter 1, man. All hell broke loose. Right? But Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, I know it. I know it. In the midst of all he was going through. Now, that word know. I know. That word know in the Hebrew is vada. V-A-D-A. Vada. And in Hebrew, 
it is the same no that refers to intimacy between a husband and a wife. It is the same no that refers to when Mary and Joseph knew each other. It says after Jesus was born, Joseph took Mary and knew her, right? Same intimacy. Job had a relationship with God. Hello. How do you know that you know your Redeemer lives? You have to have a relationship with him. He's got to be incredibly God in your life. He's got to be Savior, Lord, Redeemer. He's just got to be your everything. And if you have a relationship with someone, how many of you know you talk to that person? You talk to them. You're involved with them. You get to know them so well that you can almost say exactly what they're going to say. I talk to Bishop all the time. And so when people say, uh, what do you think about this? I can promise you I know what Bishop's going to say. Or vice versa. He, somebody will say to him, well, now, what do you think? Do oh, I know what Dr. Cheryl's going to say. I can just tell you. So you may either give it up or you just, because I can tell you what she's going to say. Because he knows me. I know him. I'm sure that I'm sure. Does that make sense? I've had wives say to me, I'm going to go purchase a vehicle this week. And I said, oh. I, and I said to this one gal, oh, you're going uh, with your husband Oh, no. I said, wow, really? She goes, oh, no. She says, um, I just do it myself. And I said, wow. She goes, you wouldn't do that, Dr. Cheryl? I said, no way. I says, I know what Bishop would do. She says, what? I said, kill me. <laughs> See, I know he'd say, You're, what are you doing, right? How many of you, you have relationship with folks, and you, they'd say, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? Or why are you doing that? What's so-and-so going to say? How many of you are with me? Job was sure he knew God. He was unusual for his time. He was unusual because not a lot of people knew God. Because in the Old Testament, God was looked upon as judge. You with me? So not a lot of people had good relationship like we think of relationship. They followed a bunch of laws and rules in the Old Testament. Then there were just a few guys. Mo, Pastor Mo had relationship with God. Right? Hey, if you pastored six million, you'd want relationship with God. 
Hello. Could you imagine six million plus people always having to ask you something? Whew. I God, I need to talk to you. <laughs> right? But Job was different. Job knew God. It's a very interesting point also. The Bible here uses the word redeemer. He says, I know that my redeemer lives. He didn't say, I know that my savior lives. Hello, are you with me? He didn't say, I know that my deliverer lives. And yet he could have used those words, right? But the Bible says that Job said, I know that my redeemer lives. See, I want to look at that for a minute. That kind of caught my eyeball. Because we walk around, we say, are you saved, right? Or we say, have you received Christ and, and made your prayer of salvation? How many of you really walk up to people and go, hey, do you know your redeemer? That's unusual. How come Job didn't say, I know my Savior lives? I would say that. I would walk around saying, I know my Savior lives. I know my deliverer who he is. But Job said, I know my Redeemer lives. And see, in the Old Testament, again, I'm just challenging you to think. They didn't use the word Redeemer. They used the word judge. God to the people in the Old Testament was judge, was a judge. There was no redeemer. He was still coming. In fact, today, for the Jewish people, he, they're still waiting. He's coming. He's coming. It was so fun to me yesterday. My cousin, uh, I spoke, I didn't get to talk to her much, but Bishop talked to her on the phone, my Jewish cousin, and we were talking, and I heard them talking, and uh, he said he prayed with her. And then uh, I was just kind of jumping in and praying too. And then she said at the end of the prayer, she goes, praise Jesus. She goes, I know my Messiah. Awesome. You know how unusual that is? And yet, that was unusual for Job to say that. Because a lot of folks who are theologians believed that he referred to God as redeemer and yet Job wasn't even talking about God. God to the Old Testament folks, he was the God, he was a judge. So Job wasn't talking about God being his redeemer. Are you following me here? You got to think back Old Testament thinking. Job wasn't saying God was his redeemer. He says, I have relationship with God, but I know God's got a plan. I know he's got a redeemer waiting to come. Are you getting this? When you got that kind of relationship with the father, you know he's got something up his sleeve. I've been saying this for months. People are singing, uh, saying, oh, America's going down the tubes. Oh, this is going to happen, and that's devastation. And I just keep hearing God say, nope, I got a plan. I keep telling people, God's up to something. 
God's up to something. God's got a plan. God's got something up his sleeve. Because when you got relationship and you hear him, you just keep hearing that. I believe it. I'm, you can call me naive. You can call me whatever you want to call me. I believe my redeemer lives. Let's look at Psalm 78, verse 5. Look at this. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. That's it. Okay, then that's... Okay. Skip that. Because the one I looked at, it's, it's probably my mistake. The one I looked at had Redeemer. Okay, how about Proverbs 23, verse 11 in the TPT? For they have a mighty protector, a loving Redeemer, who watches over them, and he will stand up for their cause. Wow. Now leave that up there a minute. Because I want to draw your attention to, here we got the Old Testament Proverbs. And I want you to see the wording here. Very important. Because that's what your Redeemer does. He protects. And he just doesn't protect. It says he's a mighty protector. That's like, man, you better get out of here because I'm going to sick my big brother on you. I'm going to sick my daddy on you. I want to get you with everything that's got me protected. Hello. Then it says a loving redeemer. He's love. He's love, 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 love. Like you can't even imagine love. Think of who loves you so much in your life. And this is who God, God loves you even more. Wow. See, I think one of the things when I'm uh, ministering inner healing to folks, one of the things I find is we don't have a clue how much God loves us. We can't even begin to fathom and, and understand his love. Because when we really experience that love, you can't do anything but sob, cry. You just melt and fall apart because it's so incredible. He's a lover, a protector. He watches over us. That's our redeemer. Why would we even think to worry? Hello? Why would we even think during the whole COVID pandemic, why would we even think about fear? He was there the whole time, watching, loving, protecting. And then it says, look out, he's standing up for us. He's standing up for us. When you think that everybody's against you, there he is, standing up for you. Wow. Wow. Now look at this too. A redeemer. If you want to 
take a few notes there. He pays a price on your behalf. A true redeemer pays a price. Sometimes if you are a parent and you've had an unruly kid and they have to go to jail and you have to bail them out, you've had to what? Pay a price to get them out, correct? Sometimes you might say, sit there. Maybe you're going to learn a lesson. Are you with me? God pays a price. He paid the ultimate price. Think about that. Think about it because we just kind of rattle through it. He gave his only son. And we, we look at John three sixteen. We know it. We believe it. But think about it being your only kid. I, I, my two daughters, I wouldn't want to give either one of them up. I love you all, but I don't know if I could ever give them up for you. Are you hearing me? My grandbabies? Sorry. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) burn. I'm just kidding. We love. Think about it being Jesus, his only son. He paid a price. Paid a price on our behalf. Now, in the Hebrew, that word is goal, just like the word goal, G O A L. And that translates one who pays a ransom, an avenger, redeems one from slavery. Wow, he did all that for us. When I read that avenger, I thought of the superheroes. The Avengers, they were always getting beat up, blood everywhere, because they were fighting a cause and taking a stand for righteousness. You hearing me? Jesus paid the price. He paid a ransom. He was our Avenger. And he really set us free. And here were Job's friends. Accusing him of hidden sin. They were saying, Job, you know, if you wouldn't have done whatever it is you did, you wouldn't be going through this. How many of you have some friends like that? You know, you need to unfriend them. I don't, we don't want no friends like that. When people are going through suffering and stuff, don't, please don't do that to them. Love on them. Because there but for the grace of God go you, go me. Love on them. Nobody needs friends like that. I don't even care if they're totally wrong. You are not called, and I am not called to judge anybody. I'm called to love. I don't care if they're committing the worst sin in the world. I don't care what they're doing. I'm called to love, not judge. How many of you know people fall? How many of us all fall? Because we're just flesh and blood. We ain't superheroes. 
People have called me on the phone and other ministers and leaders in, in the whole United States and said, did you hear about so-and-so, what he did or what she did? I said, no, and I don't want to hear it because I love them and I will continue to love them. And I don't care what you say, and y'all better shut up. We have got to love, love, love. I don't care what people are doing. They're going to get drawn to Jesus by your love. Well, Dr. Cheryl, you don't know what I am. I'm a drug addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a, you know, whatever. I don't care. I want you to be what Jesus says you can be. And if I can help that in any way, let's go. Job, if you just wouldn't have done that sin, Job. If you were just more like me, Job. Ugh. All his little friends. But you know what? Job wasn't buying it. Job wasn't buying it. Job said, you know what? My Redeemer lives and I know it. Because Job knew he did not sin. He had a relationship with his father. He had a relationship with his Redeemer. And he knew it wasn't because of no sin. How many of you have been through stuff? You've been through testings and trials, and you've racked your own brain. What did I do wrong? And you might have even thought, well, okay, I did sin. God, I'm sorry. That's it. That's it. That's between you and God. You settle it. God, don't come down and squish you like a bug. I was raised that way. That's why I'm saying it. I was raised in a denomination where God was this big old being with a big white beard and white fluffy hair and a big old robe that blew in every direction. And he had an axe waiting for you to just do the wrong thing. I would be constantly, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I sassed my mom. Forgive me, God. No. He said to me the one day, and I was already in my 20s, he said, I'd been saved for, a, for several years, and he goes, Cheryl, please get that out of your head. It's so not me. Okay. How? And it's just a process. You go through this process in your walk with God that the closer you get to Jesus, you get away from the junk. The closer you get to him, you just love him. You can't wait to spend time with him. Job said, I, I ain't buying it. It wasn't about my sin. And that's what we do. We get into our brain and we try to figure out what just happened here. It's called life. Look at your neighbor say, it's just life. Everything don't go peachy. <laughs> Right? Everything don't go perfect. I used to think that when I was in my, my teens even. I used to think, well, now if I do everything perfect, nothing bad's ever going to happen. And I won't have to be punished for it. 
It just don't work that way. Life don't work that way. You know, life is life, and you go through junk, and you experience stuff, but if you will trust that Hashem is in control, then you just know somewhere in there He gets in and works it all out for your good. Isn't that true? The hardest thing is the time it takes. Sometimes it's years. But think about it. He doesn't, God doesn't move in our time slots. God's not bound by our 24-7. He just kind of moves in time. His time. I bet Job, man, listen, this is the coolest thing. Theologically, theologians believe. Now, how many of you have read the book of Job? Okay, and how many of you think, God, Job must have lived for a few years in this misery? I mean, all that happened, Job had to have had to gone on in this for about at least a year and a half or so, right? Make sense? Theologians who have studied this believe this all occurred in a few short months. And Job went on to live 140 years of prosperity and peace and joy. Wow. Wow. Why? Because he knew. He knew his Redeemer lived. Job knew he wasn't suffering for his sin. He knew there was a Redeemer who would pay the price. He knew... He would not find the Redeemer in any human being. Hello. That's why he didn't want to hear anything. His friends, his so-called friends. And he respected his friends. How many of you got friends you really respect? They're intelligent. They say wise things. And you think, wow, I respect that friend. But... He wasn't looking for that friend to be his redeemer. He knew. He knew his redeemer was all about whatever God was doing. He couldn't explain his trouble. He couldn't explain why he was going through this stuff. But he knew one day there would be a redeemer who would pay the ransom, who would pay the bill. And Jesus Hadn't even come yet. Wow. Why? Because Job knew that his God didn't live in a time zone. He just knew that he knew. He was sure he had relationship. How many of you would say, yes, I have this confidence that whatever, God's going to do something and, well, how about this? Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. How many of you know that? How many of you are sure that Jesus is coming back? Wow. How do you know? How do you know? Because you got a relationship. Because you read the word. And the word says he's coming back soon. See? Now, nobody of your friends is going to tell you different. 
What if one of your friends said, well, you know, I just got on the QT and I heard Jesus ain't coming back. He'd say, yeah, well, okay, see ya. You're kind of weird. Because that Bible tells us so. That, and Job didn't even have a Bible. Wow. We know. Just like Job knew, we know that Jesus is returning and we're going to be with him. Just, I want you to think tonight. Job trusted in Messiah. Job trusted that he was covered. Job knew it wasn't in the natural. Job was sure that there was something coming. There, he was sure in his little heart and spirit that there was something coming that would be so much more. Right? Job had an anticipation. Now, if Job had that in the Old Testament, and we already have seen Old Testament, we've had the New Testament, and now we're way over here, how much more should we be? I know my Redeemer lives. I know it. How much more should we be sure that it's already done? Our Redeemer's returning. Look at your neighbor tonight. Say, are you sure? Live stream family, look at whoever's around you tonight. Say, are you sure? Because if they're not, pray with them. Because we should be sure. When you meet up with people, that's a great way to introduce the gospel. Just walk up to people and say, are you sure? You know what they're going to say? Am I sure of what? Are you sure? Are you sure that if you died right now, you'd go to be with Jesus Christ? Wow, what an intro. Because more often than not, people will say either yes I sure do. Or they'll say, I don't know. Or no. And what an invitation to you and to me to say, would you like to be sure? And there you go. Let's watch this clip tonight. It's from the movie Indivisible. And he speaks of the ultimate price that the Redeemer paid. Far more than me, you men and women, know what it is to offer up your lives for the good of others. And one of the many challenges here and at home is that unless you've done it, actually lived it, it's hard to appreciate what it takes to make that sacrifice. But you know who else? actually lived it, who willingly sacrificed his life so that others could live? Jesus. He came, he laid it down, and he rose again for me and for you so that you and I can live. And if that act 
doesn't give you hope and confidence in a God that loves you and is willing to do anything for you, I don't know what will. And that's what this day, Easter, is all about. Hope. For all of us. Hallelujah. Let's receive the communion table tonight. Can we pass out the communion? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I need one. And just let's take it all together. So hold on to it. Oh, the blood of Jesus. How many of you are so thankful? I encourage you to take communion every day. I said it this morning, and I'll say it tonight. It's one of the ways that we fight against the powers of darkness. Jesus said, in 1 Corinthians 11.25, as often as you do this. That means he wants you to do it a lot. You say, well, Pastor Cheryl, I don't got these nice cute little cups. You don't need them. You can use crackers, bread, water, orange juice, whatever you have. But it's the act of communion. Bishop and I take communion every day. Sometimes we take it separately. Sometimes we take it together. But it's really the whole concept and act that we do it together as a body and that we take communion. That's what Jesus honors, the taking of the communion. Because I want us to know that our Redeemer lives. I want us to know it. And when we take communion, we are putting everything we believe at the communion table and saying, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the broken body of Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, Jesus, that we'll just keep doing what you showed us to do till you return. Let's pray tonight and let God show you what you need to ask forgiveness for, cleansing for, healing, restoration. What do we need his mercy and grace for? Let him show you tonight. Just take a minute and examine your heart.
anybody, everyone who's ever offended you, hurt you. tonight as we partake of your communion table we appropriate the blood and the broken body to our lives to our possessions to our businesses to our relationships to everything that pertains to us we appropriate your shed blood and broken body to every witchcraft or enemy assignment over us. We break curses tonight over our lives by the blood and the broken body of Jesus. We command every evil assignment of the enemy tonight to be broken and fall to the ground in the name of Jesus. Father, we release healing into our lives. We release your grace and your mercy. We thank you tonight that your blood forgives us and cleanses us of every sin, past, present, and even into the future. Thank you, God, that your precious blood and broken body continually, continually cleanse, heal, and restore us. So as we partake tonight, Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to fill us up and release your blessing and increase upon our lives. Loose your holiness into our lives. And we thank you tonight for that. Let's partake of the bread. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing, God. Every cell in our bodies, every cell in the bodies of those we love, himself crazy. That's a great defense against the powers of darkness. Amen. Give God a praise tonight. Woo! How many of you feel good? I know my Redeemer lives. 